Very cool. Very cool. Well, let's let's get into uh, let's get stuck into it. I um, I've entitled this message. I need you. I need you. And um, this has just come come off the the back of um, uh, a number of messages which we've had uh, along recently. And I've really enjoyed the season of messages that we've had recently. Not from a perspective of oh, it makes me feel all gooey and warm inside. Um, it's not that kind of enjoyment, but it's, uh, um, it, it's, it's been penetrating. It's a, a conviction of, of certain areas within me, um, within my life that I know I need to hand over to God. And, and this process of allowing him to define me and uh, to take me from a place of wilderness into a place of new orientation. Uh, a place of reorientation. And Clay, um, Clay's recent series has been on uh, the wilderness and winter, and that showed us some of the necessities uh, that are behind the wilderness, how God um, wants us to grow, how he wants to shape us, how he wants to develop us, and, and then to, to free us to let go of the old, to let go of old thinking, let go of, of, of where, we've, where we've once been, and come into the newness that God has for us, to walk in that intimacy with God Almighty, and to walk uh, to an incredible inheritance that we can live out not only today, um, but for the future to come. And then Sandra, last weekend, um, was talking about kingdom metamorphosis, um, through the fantastic imagery of the caterpillar um, and, uh, and its journey to becoming a butterfly. And every stage that was spoken about, the, the molting, the shedding process, the, the hunger and the obedience, so the hunger for his word, the obedience to, to, uh, to, to hear from God's voice and to step out in accordance with that, the removing of the juvenile hormone, I think that's something that probably sits so common with, with, with me at least, is that, that rebellious spirit, that, that spirit that just needs to oh, have its own way. The removal of that. The, um, what was the next process? The dissolving and the reformation of, um, of the process. Uh, it's all necessary to achieving the end goal, the end purpose of, uh, of where God wants to develop character and identity in us that will lead us to the greater purpose uh, that God has for us. And why is this process necessary? Um, Sandra was, was telling us, you know, it, it's that process that we can be transformed from the inside, inside out to become more and more like Christ. So, so that when I come into contact with, with Chris... It's not Chris that I'm seeing, but it's actually the incredible nature. It's the life. It's the character of Christ that I see in Chris. And I'm drawn into that, and I want to know the Christ that's within him. That's the, that's the purpose. That's the, 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 the fullness of, of, of what, what God is taking us on, on, on this journey. And I want to be honest with you. I want to, I want to confess that it's, it's not an easy process. It's not an easy process to go through. And I don't think if you spoke to Clay or if you spoke to Sandra or Greg or, or anyone who's entering into this process, they'll come to you and tell you that it's a barrel of laughs. They won't tell you that it's, you know, every minute is, is full, of, full of that intense happiness, that intense joy. But I believe that God's promises are yes and amen. 
I believe that they're yes and amen. And he lays down the way in which he, he designs the way in which we're to live this life is fantastic. He's got this trump card, which he just lays down and shows us that through his son, Jesus, there are practical ways in which this process can become a lot easier and we can carry it out together. Okay. So what you've received from Clay and Sandra was the incredible gift of teaching, which is on their lives. The processes that we're going through and the product that comes from that journey. The teacher will will guide us, will give us that direction. What you're going to get tonight and what I want to bring is the pastoral gift and release that to you so we as Christ's flock understand the model that he laid before us and so that we can either start to walk on this process or keep going on the journey. Okay, We can keep on running the race well and going from the wilderness to the mountaintop. So I'm here to shepherd tonight, and I'm hoping that as we walk together, as we journey this out together, we'll all be going on the same journey. Amen? Awesome. So um, Emma Olive and I had a, um, a fantastic trip away to the UK. We, uh, we, we've been away for about five uh, weeks or so, and it was just great to see family and great to see friends. Um, and it was also uh, just fantastic to see what God is, um, is, is speaking, what he's saying to the church on the other side of the world. Um, and I had the privilege of, of leading worship at the community, which, um, which I used to be at for, for 20 years, and, and spend a bit of time with some of the, the young leaders. And, and these guys are a group of people that I, um, I was leading when I was involved in youth ministry over there. And um, what's incredible is the message of the eternal bride is something which is resonating across the world. Uh, something really quite prevalent, which was amazing really to, to, to see. And, um, and especially, you know, is what we're journeying, journeying through here in, in, in figuring out our eternal purpose, um, which was amazing. But one key theme that stood out whilst I was meeting with these leaders was was a distinct lack of, of discipleship, a lack of walking together, is what we would speak about here. And, um, and I, left, um, I left that meeting and was just stewing over it, asking God a, a number of questions. I went to bed that night, and God gave me um, a very vivid dream of, of what, it was, what it was like to him when discipleship wasn't in the room. And it was this picture of people coming in, um, sitting down, listening to the word, getting up, leaving the place, coming back in, sitting down, getting up, leaving the place. And this seemed to, to be kind of like a reoccurring image that he gave me. But for every time that the people started coming in, they were looking frailer and frailer and drier and drier and... Um, I was just asking God, I was like, what, what, is it that you're, what is it that you're actually wanting to, to speak to me about this? Because the, what was coming from the front was life, it was vitality. What was being spoken was truth. It was the word of God that was being uh, planted in these people's lives, but yet they were getting drier, yet they weren't, they weren't coming into full fruition. And, um, 
And, he, and so I asked God, why, why are these people just looking so dry and scabby, God? What's, what's that all about? And he said to me, Simon, how will my seed be embedded in their hearts if they're not willing to journey out and walk with others to allow the growing process to happen in their lives? And I realized, you know, we can be exactly the same in this environment and the season that we're walking through right now. We can, um, we can hear it, we can, we can come, we can hear the word. I can come in, I can sit, I can listen, I can leave with my own interpretation even of what the message uh, was meant and, and try to squeeze, try to, to bend it to match my way of thinking, try to, to, to match what, what I'm comfortable with so that I can go out into my future week acting exactly the same as I did before. I can choose that option. Or maybe, just maybe, I can choose the route that Christ laid out and choose to contend for that very truth, can, to, can choose to, to contend for the amazing mysteries that he has prepared for us in his word and that he wants to reveal to us by walking with you that, that we together, as we journey this, may have a, a greater revelation um, in, in whatever whatever is being spoken from the front, whatever area that God is convicting us in. You know, when I, um, when I thought about that, that's, that's something which I want to engage in. And I need to recognize, I need to come to an understanding that I need you to do that. I need you, my brothers and sisters, to walk that out. I could sit and I can listen to a message from Sandra and I could leave this place going, oh, she meant this. That's what she was talking about. But if I actually was to sit down with Sandra, she'd go, oh, well, actually, this is truth. This is the truth that I was trying to reveal. Not saying that that truth wasn't, isn't, isn't truth at all, but there's this truth which I have, which, which God has, is wanting to reveal at the same time. And the importance of our, our walking together, the, the importance of us asking those, those deeper questions together is that we can come into that alignment so that there's no misunderstanding, so that there's no miscommunication. I need you. Each person here within the rock has a role to play for the purpose of leading me to the Father so that my eyes and that my ears can be open to what he wants to reveal about his body and his kingdom. And I just want to break off and just take some time just, just to really acknowledge you guys for, for how important you are in my life so that we recognize that. And Tash, you have an incredible grace and mercy over your life that I need you to tap into the very thing that God has placed on your life that rests on you. I can come in and into uh, an environment where you are and I will feel the mercy of God all over you. And that's something I just want to just encourage you with. It's huge. For, for even my brother Nathan at the back, joy that comes from walking with you, brother. The, the joy of, of the Lord is upon you. And to, to, to walk with you and to understand God's very nature and his presence of joy is, is, is huge.
Sandra, you encouraged me hugely with your love and your compassion for people. And I need people like you in my life to allow that spirit of love and compassion to rise within me as well. I can go on. Like There's so many of you in which I value you so much that if I was trying to figure out this journey by myself, I'd be off in la-la land. You know? I'd be off in a, in a completely different direction to the very one which God has for me. So why do you think Jesus came on this earth and decided to walk intimately with 12 men from completely different backgrounds for three years? I accept. What's, why do you think it is? Why do you think he, he chose that model? Just shout them out. It was new, diverse, new and diverse, cool. What do you think his very purpose was behind it? Relationship? Awesome. Anything else? Why would you, why would you choose being very God <laughs> to come down onto earth, to be man, and to walk with a terrorist, fishermen, tax collectors, people from all different walks of life. What was he trying to model? I said it before, actually, if there's a, if there's a little bit of a hint. <laughs> he wanted to model himself. He wanted us to come into a greater place of being transformed more and more into his likeness, more and more into his image to show us that it could be done whatever background we walk in, whatever walk we've come from. There's no limitations in where you've been to where you are now and where God is wanting to take you. That is the exciting thing and we get to experience that and, and walk that out together to take us from that place of glory to glory to glory. It was possible to come to a place of oneness and journey to the greater purpose that God has for each and every one of us. So I want us to, to, to go into to Scripture, because otherwise you'd just be hearing me and going, well, where's, how is this founded? How is this formulated? So um, God, through this dream, um, took me very distinctly to Matthew 13, 1 to 23. So it's, it's quite a large um, bit of scripture, but we're going to break it down. And can I say, like, I've read this parable many times, many, many times, but what God showed me in the way in which he models walking together and the synergy of, of the sower is absolutely incredible. It's absolutely incredible. So um, just in terms of a bit of background, um, in Matthew 12... 46 to 50, just before um, Jesus walks out of the, the, um, the house and goes down by the lake to, to talk about the parable of the sower. We've just had Jesus sitting and teaching um, uh, and discussing about who is my mother and who is my brother. And he points to his disciples and says, here they are, for whoever does the will uh, of my father in heaven is my brother, sister and mother. 
This is something that I think we as the body really need to capture. We need to really capture and get hold of this from, from the get-go, that as followers of Christ, people in, in relationship with him, um, seeking uh, that greater um, intimacy and walking true in obedience, we become Christ's brothers and sisters, which in turn makes you and I related in Christ. Isn't that incredible that he, he sets the platform of you are to be one if you are followers in me. You are to, to walk together as my disciples, and as a disciple you are a follower of Christ. You are to walk together. Then we hit Matthew 13, verse 1, and I'm reading from uh, the NIV version. That same day, so after he'd spoken, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell uh, along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they were withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. The disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to people in parables? He replied, Because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though, see, though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's hearts have become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. For truly, I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. I just want to break there because it's a huge chunk of scripture. I want to break that down. When I read, when I read that, um, it really enabled the dream of what I've spoken about and what God revealed to really come to life. Um, and we, we see this, this whole walking together presenting itself straight away with the disciples and Jesus discussing the parable afterwards. We'll just go back to verse 10 and break down each segment. So that the disciples came to him and asked, why do you speak to the people in, of parables? I can probably see this as being quite a, a funny moment. It's sort of like, Thomas, did you, did you understand what he's talking about? James, did you understand? What's, okay, well, I'll tell you what. We'll, we'll say that the people you know, didn't quite understand what you were talking about in parables, just so that we might get a little bit of an inkling of what he's, what he's saying. 
But isn't it great that from the off, the disciples were not afraid to ask the question. They were not afraid to go straight to the source and say, what, what are you talking about here? What are you trying to reveal to us? What are you saying so that we can move into a new orientation, a reorientation, so that we can move from this place of, um, uh, of, of being disorientated or, or this place of wilderness and we can come into this newness? And we've, we've, we've got to create a, a culture here where no question is too silly. I love my life group, and it's just, it was fantastic spending time together on Tuesday, just spending time in the Word. And some people just came with some questions about things that they were uncertain about because it gave a, a wrong picture of, of the very nature and the very person of God. And we were able to chew over that. We were able to discuss it, and, and, and freedom came, and clarity came, and alignment came. And it was fantastic. And, and that's the same environment that, that the rock here, we want, we want to encapsulate. That if you have questions, if you have uncertainties, that it's not something that you you feel as though you've, you you just walk off on your own direction and 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 feel as though you've you've either got it all down pat or or there's no hope of of getting gaining any clarity. Sit down with people that that have that that have that revelation. And one of the biggest problems that we've we've got is being afraid of of speaking to somebody who's got who's got a little bit of a greater revelation than us. I consider it to be so freeing that I can walk with you as my brothers and sisters that, as I said before, you know, if I, I don't have a true revelation of the heart of God, of his love and his compassion for his people, I can go and I can sit with Sandra and say, Sandra, can you, can you reveal this to me? Can you, can, you, can you depict, can you decrypt what that looks like? Or I can, you know, I can go to Tash and say, look, you... The, the grace which is which is on you how how did you come to to experience that? How did you come to um, to live in in the fullness and the freedom of experiencing that and that 's so important for us to be willing to to go and to ask the questions whatever whatever environment that we can place ourselves in, whether it 's the one on one whether it 's one and three whether it 's you know in our life groups together. You know, so many different environments that we, we try to create here so that the, the bigger questions can be answered and so that we're not left dumbfounded. It's so vital. It's so important. Jesus replies in verse 11, Because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. You see, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven was him. It was his very person. The disciples were walking with the very key, with the very person. And and hear me, I, I encourage that we that we walk together, that we that we discuss these things and we we break them down. But in everything that we do, in everything that we discuss, it's got to be led back to Him. It's got to be led back to Him. He's the source of the answers. He's the source of, our, of the provision that we, we need. And, and in turn, if, 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 if we're not going to the very source, if we're not going to, to the, the person who, who has the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, wow, then we're missing out. We're missing out. It's so vital that he is central, that he is core to that. And so here, here are the tensions that I've gotten there. It's important that we, we discuss, we, we talk about it, but it's important that he is, 
key. He's so central to our discussion and, and, and what he wants to deliver to us. Whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. I think this is a real warning to us as well, is that we, is that we hunger, that we, we pursue, that we, that we have a, a real persistence and desire to, to journey this out. Because those who, who have, those that, are, that includes us who have Christ within us, that are pursuing him, that are, are hungry for, for more and more greater revelation and, and, to, to, and the, the design of, of, uh, of hungering for more of his presence, that we don't ever lose that. Um, there is such, a, there is such a, a prevalent thing that comes through this parable that if we, if we, we don't continue to encourage one another in, in, that, in, in that pursuit of Christ, in that pursuit of him, then we can easily dry up. We can easily um, we can easily fade away. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing they do not see, though hearing they do not hear or understand, in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's hearts have become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. And that was just so incredible with that whole picture of, of, of seeing people come, sit, sit down, hear the word of God, get up, leave. But the next week, they're coming in drier and, and weaker than what they did before because they're not choosing to, to walk this journey out with other people. They're not, they're not journeying this out and, and soaking in, in God's word and, and in his truth and, and, and finding out what, what is it, God, that you're trying to say in this season. Instead, we're just coming, sitting, listening, doing a duty, doing religion. I don't want to do religion in this place. I want to be an Acts 17 Berean. I want to be eagerly hearing what is, what is said and not just thinking, oh, how does this apply to my life? But what's the bigger picture, God? What is it that you're trying to reveal to your body that I am a part of, that I'm, I'm crucial to that picture? What is it that you're wanting to reveal and to have those questions and to be ever pursuing more and more and more of the revelations which God has for us? And this is the, you know, this is the, the fruit that we can experience, that we might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. So much of it depends on the heart and the posture of the heart and how we will receive a word from week to week, how we will approach the word from week to week, and how we will choose to apply it and see it, see the fruit come forth from that. And it's that, that heart which, you know, we've been talking about so much about the, the circumcision of the heart, the, the breaking down of the, the removing and the replacing of, of the fruit and the goodness of what God has for us. Four points that I just want to 
um, give to you from um, from from what the explanation of the parable of the sower is. Come with me to verse 18. Let's read that first. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling along the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. Back to, um, back to verse 19 then. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches it away from their heart. Number one, misunderstanding is not to lead to division, but a desire to press in closer and for love to come through even more in that situation. You see, we're so inclined that if we have a discrepancy or a disagreement with somebody that we stew over it or we walk away and we, we sit in our, our pity party or we, we sit with a very bolstered, I know I'm right, so I must be in the right camp. But the way in which, you know, the way in which the, the word comes out here is that, you know, the evil one will come and snatch away any form of, of, of truth which God comes to plant in our house if we're not willing to walk it out, if we're not willing to, to journey together. I think of just Christ's example of, of walking with his disciples. And they could be such muppets at times, you know. They could make such terrible decisions. And or, or or complete misunderstanding. I'm always reminded of you know Jesus has just fi- fed five thousand people, and then he t- he tells the disciples, "Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees." And the disciples come back going, "Oh, we didn't bring enough bread. We've 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 not brought enough bread to feed Jesus." And and yet you know Jesus. Is He's slapping his forehead going, that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about the the teaching. I'm talking about the the very nature of the the Pharisee that uh, that comes to steal the truth. Um, Plenty of other examples, but what does Christ do? He doesn't go, oh, for goodness sake, I'm leaving these 12. They're just, (laughs) they're rubbing me up the wrong way. And that's the thing. We can be walking with people that can rub us up the wrong way. One way or another, within the body of Christ, in the mix of all its characters, there are people that are going to rub us up the wrong way. But we're going to choose to just allow misunderstanding and separation and and that come to dictate? No. We need to have the very desire and heart of Christ to, to come, to draw closer, to humble ourselves, to have that integrity that when I enter and I catch up with my brother Paul, I don't come with him with daggers, but I come with him with an open heart and say, 
I may not be right. But I want to journey out so that the truth can set me free. And maybe we'll set you free as well. Number two. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. And when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. We need to root ourselves in environments where our roots will go deep and last a long time. We have so many fantastic environments in this house. We're walking together and knowing him is what we're all about. It's our vision here. It's what we, we want to encompass so that we, we come into that greater, um, that greater knowing, that greater intimacy uh, with Christ. And so, you know, we need to embed ourselves in good roots. We need to go deep. We need to, to get deeper. And so, you know, we've got fantastic environments here, life groups that meet throughout the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and even the fight guys, you know, you meet on Friday as well. Get yourself in, involved in those environments where you can be rooted, where you can position yourself with other people, um, where, the, where truth can be spoken into your life, where it can be embedded, where it can be deep. We've got even Connect, which, is, which I'm so excited to, to promote tonight as well. It's a course which we've got coming up um, next weekend even, and it gives, gives you a, a greater understanding of, of where we're going as a body, where God is calling us to. If, you, if you, you, you're, you're uncertain, if you've got questions about the direction in which, this, in which we're going as the rock, get yourself along to this. Not only will Clay be there for lunch purposes, but um, you know, you'll get that free lunch as well. But it's, it'll bring freedom. It'll bring accuracy. It'll bring alignment. The services which we have here, you know, I've said already before about being Berean, come with great expectation and, and just uh, a, a, a real expectancy that God wants to impart something to you. Every time you come, he wants to say something to each and every one of you and have that revealed with mountain movers where we can, we can just press into his presence and have him speak to us. And have him reveal those, those things. And again, like even if I'm in a place in mountain movers where I'm wondering what on earth is going on here. It's fantastic still to just be able to, to go up to, to that person who was hearing from God. And, say, and, and ask the questions, what, how, did, how, did you, how did you press in for that moment? What was it that, that enabled you to, to, be, to be free for the Spirit to come? And fuel, we've, we've, got, um, we've got another fuel course coming out this year. Very excited about it. And there's some just, an, just more ways in which we can press into to knowing him more. Knowing who we're called to be, our identity in him. It's fantastic. Thirdly, the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word. But the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word making it unfruitful. We need to create an environment where we as his people will not allow the thorns to overpower the fruit that Christ wants to call forth in our lives. It's having that attitude of, I will, 
as your brother, as your sister, I will carry the burden, but I won't attach myself to the thorns that come with it. You hear me? Because it's it's, it's so important that, um, you know, we, we can see people that are, are entangled that, uh, with, with the ways of the world, and they come into this relationship with God with fantastic intentions and desires to walk with him, but there's there's stripping away. There's stripping away which needs to be done. And it's not for us when when we're walking with the person to to latch on and, and say, Oh, I, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna take that, that burden upon myself. Yeah, his his burden's light. His yoke is easy. We place it with the with the King of Kings who can take that. But I will I will walk with you. I will walk with you to chop down those thorns, to to remove those things, so that you can come into that greater freedom. And that's the culture. That's the that's the premise here at the Rock that we want to create: healthy relationships that reinforce the direction of being led back to the Father and having intimacy with Him. First and foremost, it's got to be. And then, lastly, the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. You know, it's just a huge passion of mine that we would become a church that encourages us to sow deeper into the presence of God and his greatest purpose for us as the body. In his presence, we will hear his voice. We will understand where he's guiding us, where he's calling us to. And um, what was quite amazing was um, I, uh, got, we, Emma and I got given this gift of uh, sweet peas from the buyers. Uh, Mel was handing them out as part of her um, baby shower. And uh, they're McGregor's, by the way. So Clay's got his own brand of seeds. Incredible. And... Part of the very picture that um, that God was revealing to me when when seed is is placed in good soil. I'm not a I'm not a, a massive gardening fanatic or, or or know heaps about it. I do enjoy it though. Emma and I are doing a bit of a project on our house at the moment, and it's incredible to discover the difference between simply scattering seed and actually pressing it in and embedding it and on. On this little packet, which I hold in my hands, just for everyone who's on the net as well, um, it has a picture describing the sow depth. So it actually gives you an indication as to how many centimeters down is best to sow this seed um, in order for it to grow to its full potential. And what I'm so excited about is that as we walk together, as I journey with with each of you and you're encouraging me and you're, you're, you're pressing me further and further, deeper and deeper into his presence. You're encouraging me, so I, you know, get, get, you know, hunger, hunger and thirst after him. What, what is it? What is that looking like for you in your life at the moment? Well, are you, are you pressing into his word? Are you, are, are you praying? Are you listening to him? Whatever that might look like, you're pressing me further and further and further in. Because God will water it. That's his job. God will do the watering. God will, will, will see the, the shoot rise. 
but we need to be embedded into, into his very presence. We need to be embedded into good soil, deep good soil, where we can just soak, where we can just um, allow him to produce the good fruit within us. And so what I want to just encourage us to do right now, recognizing that we're, um, we're, in a <clears throat> we're in a phenomenal season and I don't know where you're at at the moment in terms of this is this is this wilderness is too hard for me on my own, or this this wilderness is 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 not quite what I thought it was, or what is wilderness? Like I've I've even been listening to the messages and and this, I'm still not receiving clarity. What I'd love us to do tonight. And maybe I recognize that some of you guys aren't uh, in life groups tonight. But life group leaders, can I encourage you, pick, um, pick up some people tonight. And as life groups, I want us to, to get together to pray uh, with one another. And to dedicate this journey which we're on, this process that we're on, to have a hunger that comes from having relationship with God. Hunger to to ask those questions, to not be afraid, to step out and recognize that I need you and you need me in this big picture. And I said to my, I said to my life group on, on Tuesday, I said, I, I want to know what more and more what this macro plan is that God has because it's far greater than what I'm doing right now. And it's not an individual thing. It's about being plugged into you guys. It's about my role as, be, as being part of the body and my eternal destiny and my eternal, the eternal purpose that God has. And I don't have all the, the answers for that. I was very apt that you were praying that tonight, Sandra, for me. I don't have the answers. But I want to walk with people so that I can gain that. So that I can... I can walk in that because it will transform my life. I know it will transform my life. There are things that I'm not operating in now that God has available to me. And that's exactly the same for each and every one of you tonight. Something greater. Something greater. And so although I don't know the fullness of that, and I'm walking that out with people, you know, you'll be amazed how much as a staff we sit down and you know, we talk with Greg and and we ask, what are you talking about? And he says, what are you talking about? And, but we, we have a heart, we have a humility in order to, to share that and come into that greater understanding, that greater um, direction. And that's what I want us to dedicate this year to, that we would walk together, that we would choose to, to press in together, recognizing that I need you because you have a grace on your life that I don't have. And you need me because I've experienced things and, and I'm, I'm working and walking through with, with God with things that, that you're not. But what a privilege. What a privilege it is. I'm so grateful for each and every one of you. So, Davey, sorry if I just get, um, or just a musician, just to, just to tinker away with, um, with his song he was talking about. Yeah. And, um, yeah, if we can just start... Um, start moving into um, our life groups, and I'm I'm going to be coming around and I'm moment, roaming. Sorry, 
And um, yeah, life group leaders, invite other people that you know are not in uh, your groups or, or are new here tonight. And let's dedicate this time. I want to say, God, I want to walk with, with my brothers and sisters this year. I want to have a heart of humility to receive which is on their life. God, I don't have all the answers. You have the answers. And through your children, you, you want to reveal those answers to me. You want to reveal the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, which is your very nature, your very person to us. Mm, thank you, Lord. Thank you.